everyone. Welcome back. Now, I'm going to resume this as a live stream for the monthly market updates. And what I'm going to do is on the first day, because then all the data from the last month has, has been checked in, we're going to do this as a live stream. And we're going to usually do it in the afternoons after work so people can tune in. And if you're tuning in, I want to hear where you're tuning in from. Are you local? Are you considering to move to the Bay Area? Leave it in the comments below. I'd love to hear and get some feedback from you. But what I'm going to be covering is several things. One, what are the what is the market data? How did the previous month go versus how did the how did May go versus the previous months? What are things likely to look like? What are some stats that are very helpful for you to understand what's going on with the market? What are some big headline articles of the news that you want to be mindful of? We're going to cover all of that in each of these sessions. And of course, my name is Spencer Sue, your favorite Bay Area real estate agent. And if you have any questions, thoughts, or you're thinking about moving to the Bay Area, or you're thinking about getting a place, you got to let me know so that we can connect and help you every step of the way. My contact details are below, 408-547-4590, and let's get into it. So we'll always start off with the data. What is happening with the market? Where are prices? Everybody wants to know about prices. Take a look at this. Santa Clara County, residential, single-family condos and townhomes. May has been another increase over the last couple of months. You've seen that there's been a decline up until about January, February of this year. And then from there, things have continued to rise. Why is that? Several reasons. Buyers are out there looking again. Interest rates are relatively flat uh, since really November. So confidence levels have increased. People want to make moves. There's a little bit more homes now than there were before. These are all drivers as to why people are making their moves. Now, you may be asking, well, wait, Spencer, There's it's 7% interest rate, 6% interest rate. Why are people still wanting to buy? Because at the end of the day, everybody has to, everybody's need for their own space is always there. Now, things may be a little bit delayed if there is higher rates or certainly layoffs or, or up impacts there. But at the same time, not everybody's experiencing the same way. And others are using this as an opportunity to get in, to get out of their situation. That's number one. Number two, families continue to evolve and continue to change. Having a kid, you need more space. Having in-laws over, you need more space. Wanting to settle down, needs more space. Getting married, needs more space. Right? These are all drivers that will always happen. And so you see prices continue to rise. And you will be, I don't know if you'll be surprised, because if you're tuning in, you will see the June numbers even higher. Because June is what gets in contract in May. Unfortunately, we had a very successful May. We had about eight in contract in May alone. So we've seen what does it take to win relative to what the numbers show historically. And you will see that the numbers will continue to rise, at least through June. We'll see what happens as we are now in June 1st. So let's take a look at some of these other stats that are very helpful. What other people want to know is number of homes. Take a look at this, number of new listings. This is a, a great chart to look at. And let's compare January of 2022 up until now. Look at the difference. May, 1980 new listings versus how many there was in 2023, 1472. Usually across the board, it tends to be about 30 to 40% less new listings than what we had of last year, which was, to be fair, a lot of moves. So if you do that math, 1980 minus 1472 is 508 which is equivalent to, in this case, 25%. That's not too bad. But look at the previous months. 
right? So inventory levels have picked up in terms of new listings. But if you look at the previous months, it's been pretty bad, right? That's 37% less homes. Now, because of this, let's take a look. What about the number of sales? How is that volume performing versus previous? You can see the main numbers are pretty good. 1461 versus 1129 versus of this year. That is a delta of 22% less. So things have certainly improved, but look at what it was last month. 1619 sales in 2022 versus 836. That is a difference of 48% less homes that are being sold. That was last year. But you can see things have certainly picked up. Things have certainly improved. Things have certainly gotten better. And so that's why you see prices continue to rise as you have well, on one end. The listings that you saw previously got a little bit better, but the buyer side has evidently got even higher, right? That just means more buyers are back in the market. And so they're competing for the same amount of products. Now, take a look at this, though. We just saw the general stats for single family condos and townhomes. Well, if we paint the picture of single family, let's take a look. Does the numbers look like the same? It actually does. So 974 in May versus 817. That's 16% less sales, but still not bad. But let's take a look at the number of new listings during this time. Overall, 1364 came on the market last May versus in this May, there was 1,051. So that's a delta of 23%. So as you can see, the numbers have just gotten a lot better versus what you saw previously. Now we'll see, are there going to be more sellers that come back on the market or was this a little short blip and there are actually going to be less people back on? I think as prices have risen, there's just more people that are more willing to sell, right? Because they're like, oh, wow. My num the number is getting close to where I was last year, which was an all-time record high. And so you see a little bit of movement there, but time will tell. You can see as the months goes on, you will see less new listings. So um, the numbers that you have here, these are quite frankly some of the highest that you have of the year. And you can see as the months plays on, there'll be less homes, about 20, 30% less homes on average. So it's going to be a really interesting summer. June should be continue to be very hot in terms of the market, and then time will tell us as things progress. Now let's take a look at some of these other counties. Let's look at the prices of other counties. Do you still see a similar impact? Let's look at, look at let's take a look at Alameda County. Sales price there. You can see Alameda County, even for May, also has risen. Similar trends at most. Let's take a look at another one. Let's look at um, San Mateo County. There's an impact there for single family condos and townhomes. N much more mild, but still an increase. Let's look at another county. People may ask, what about the places that are a little bit further away from the jobs, like Contra Costa County, a little bit lower price, but further away. Similar impact. Let's look at the last one to consider. Let's say San Francisco. At San Francisco, had any changes? In San Francisco, even San Francisco has had mild change. Now, it hasn't declined as much as some of these other areas, but it also didn't grow as much. So you can see just how things have been playing out. But every area encounters the same changes of inventory levels as in new listings. New listings is less than it was last year, but it has improved. A part of that is because prices have risen. So then sellers are like, all right, I can make a move. It makes sense for me to do so. So I can move on to wherever I want to move on, a bigger home or the next home.
So that is what is happening from a stats perspective. In the future, if there's any other stats you want to see, let me know. One thing I'll wrap things up with on this side of things is the stat of... Let's look at the stats. I think it may be helpful. Days to sell. People are always curious about this. So you can see generally the numbers, things are still moving pretty quickly. May, eight days, median days to sell, April, eight days. So it continues to get lower. It's, a, it's similar to like the busy times of last year, right? So if you remember last year, the first half of the year was a red hot year. And you're experiencing the same volume, uh, same velocity that you're experiencing then. Sorry, here we go. So you're experiencing that, that, that too. So it's just important to be mindful. You still have no shortage of opportunities, but because there's the price have been rising, because there's not as many homes, you may want to use this as an opportunity to expand your search. Maybe if you're looking in Sunnyvale, look at Santa Clara now, right? If you're looking at Santa Clara, open in San Jose. If you're in Fremont, look in Newark, Union City. There's neighboring cities. Now, as long as like certain dynamics like schools and things like that aren't a factor, but it's just because you want the location, expand to those other areas because typically each of the cities are a little bit further out. They tend to be about 10 to 15% medium less, right? Take a look at Mountain View versus Sunnyvale versus Santa Clara, about 10 to 15% less across the board. And so you may now be in a very good category for the next one. You could get a, a more remodeled home, a bigger home. Those are things that I'm helping people really understand. And as you can see with the cities, they're not very big. So that's um, that's uh, something that just people have to get used to or just be comfortable in expanding their options. Now, we got some headline articles of the week that are pretty big. This is, I would say, the biggest one. State Farm won't sell new home insurance in California. Can the state shore up the market? So what does this mean? It means as California's largest single provider of bundle home insurance policies, they had a 20% market share in 2021. Now this has a lot of insurers rethinking. And then usually what happens is, does the government try to step in and um, do this themselves? Which brings up a, a separate question. And why is State Farm exiting out of this? There's several reasons. Number one, the cost of rebuilding is higher. I mean, inflation is real. So there's a higher cost to build things and to rebuild things. Number two, fires have been pretty bad, right? Who covers ultimately? It's usually these insurance providers. And then number three, there was also a max as to how much the state would allow an insurance provider to actually increase premiums. It's not actually a free market. If it was a free market, then you may have some very wildly varying rate, but it's not actually a free market. The state in every state does it this way. That's why if you think about if you have a Tesla and Tesla has has insurance for their cars, it's not that easy for them to just go across the entire U.S. and have rates. Every state has its own policies. And so they have to follow those guidelines. And then because there is a max as to what they can raise to, the state farm as a provider is like, eh, doesn't make much sense to do this. Let me just exit altogether. Let me just stand and get revenue. It's a money losing process. And a lot of the big insurance providers had actually been losing money for some time related to these this side of things. The auto side has been working, I think, well. So they're still doing auto insurance, to be fair. But the home insurance didn't make much sense. And so State Farm's like, I'm out. If you look at farmers' quotes, farmers' quotes may or may not be higher. I mean, like, I, I'm, they kind of price it so high that, in a sense, they don't really want to do business. 
Now, there are many other providers out there, so like Geico, Allstate, uh, Progressive, but there's no shortage of other providers. And we'll see, do they be more aggressive and take this in, or do they also reevaluate their situation and exit? Time will tell, and we will see that as the weeks and the months play on. At the same time, we'll see, does California change things, right? We have very inexpensive home insurance, and that is true. Now, California is not the only provider, that, not the only state that's having these issues. If you look at Florida, Florida is having issues too, right? So Florida is having huge issues. Um, Texas is also having big issues. They also have a lot of these natural disasters, right? Uh, flooding, uh, hurricanes, right? And so every state that has these kind of natural disasters uh, are all prone to these things. And it's up to the states and potentially the Fed if they get involved with these different processes. Next, here's exciting news. This Bay Area city has been the fastest growing this decade. What city is that? That city is, drumroll please, that is Santa Clara. How does Santa Clara add a lot more people? Now, the reason why they were able to add more people is actually pretty simple. They have actually been doing a lot more housing developments than all these other cities. Take a look at this. San, um, Santa Clara has expanded their housing by 3,000 units. So there's 20... In 2023, there's 53,000 units versus 50,000 in 2020. Now, where are these units and what have they done? So Santa Clara has a lot of locations that were just these older office buildings. And rather than leaving them as these overpriced office buildings, they've actually taken the, the notion and the process to actually build things there instead. So they tore them down and they rezoned them and allowed new construction. Think about the newest constructions in Santa Clara. There's a few key ones. Nuevo, which is right next to Costco and next to the uh, the Caltrain line. You look at Apex. That was a new community, right? So, And then you have two huge apartment communities next to Apex, which are selling luxury condos. So those are huge developments that are happening. Now, that area, if you look at the city, is actually zoned for all residential as long as I think Sobrato owns those buildings right now, as long as they will sell. Now, we'll see how long it takes, but there's always a right price where they'll make a move. And so that presents more developments that can happen over the next several years. Now, to be fair, new construction, that, that area ranged between a million dollars on the low end up to like 1.2 actually on the low end because they're townhomes up until low twos for four-story single-family homes. So I have a video that you may be able to find. I'll leave it in the description in the comments below, or I'll leave it in the description to watch. There's a Nuevo community. They're all mostly sold out. I don't think there's anything left, but now they become pre-owned and eventually they'll trade hands. So that's an area. Fremont also has been growing. Now, where is Fremont growing? If you look at around kind of close to Tesla, that area, there's a lot of old space that has been torn down. And there's a lot of new developments happening by Toll Brothers and Lenar. That will be a multi-year project, and those are all townhomes and condos. So that's also another area to consider, right? So these areas that actually have some land, they have been rezoning and redoing them, and that's presenting these opportunities. That's presenting these opportunities. Next, in this uber-rich Bay Area city, 70% of newly sold homes aren't owned directly by people. Here's why. Trust, corporation, and LLCs were behind more than 70% of home purchases in Athens in the last year. There's a lot of comments to be, to be made here. 
if it's in a trust, if it's an LLC, if it's an individual who owns the asset on the block. It actually makes a lot of logical sense for this. A couple of reasons. Privacy. You won't know exactly who owns that per se. On the other time, it's also because they're a lot more thoughtful about inheritance, right? I would say this can be should be done for a majority of people. If you have a family, you want to think about having a living trust. And we're going to have a webinar about that in about two months. But send me a note if you want to create that. And what's the purpose of that? It's protection. It's potentially risk mitigation, right? These are all popular reasons as inheritance, right? You don't want to go your home if, if you pass away to go to probate. And then now your children have to kind of figure out what's the situation. How do I get this home? So those are all like they are just more on top of things to get things ready from when it comes to estate planning side of things. LLCs mostly because of their rentals, right? If you have a rental, you want that extra level of protection. So they have it as an LLC. You still have some as an individual, right? They, they, surprisingly, I'm surprised anybody at that price range is still doing it as an individual. How do you not create a living trust at that at that price range? That's even mind blow, more mind-blowing to me that there's anybody that's not doing it. But that gives you an idea, right? Like they're just more on top of estate planning and asset protection than other areas, which to be fair, most people should be thinking about this way. They're not just a bunch of investors per se. If it's an LLC, they may be more so, but if it was for these other reasons, it's for protection, it's for to be anonymous, right? But I would suggest, and it's a good idea for a lot of people to consider doing so, okay? Next. Some great news. Silicon Valley chip maker plants huge new R&D center. Santa Clara-based Applied Materials. Applied Materials doesn't get a much press because they've been a legacy company for in the Bay Area, in Santa Clara, for a long time. They're going to spend $4 billion on a new R&D center near a South Bay headquarters. And this is going to be in the Sunnyvale location. It's now home to 35-acre campus that includes 608,000 square feet of office and R&D space. So, so good on them. And there's still a lot of companies that continue to make moves and continue to add real estate portfolio, especially when it comes to R&D. There's less office space needed, but hopefully a lot of these companies can use this in R&D for, as you can see, for semiconductors in this case, potentially for lab work. Right? There are so many opportunities there. And last but not least, for all of my friends and all the people that are at NVIDIA, congratulations. Briefly, they joined the $1 trillion valuation club. If you think a lot of companies are not doing well, you are crazy because there are a lot of companies that are jumping onto this AI wave. And who are the players? You can take a look. NVIDIA, huge driver. You can look at AWS, Amazon. There's all these companies that are doing very, very well. Right. So we continue to hear two different sides. On one end, you have some companies that are that are going after the AI chat GPT uh, wave. They're doing crazy well. I mean, this is all-time records. This is this is, and they they posted huge earnings beats, huge forecasts, right? So you have these huge these companies that are doing phenomenal. Look at places like Snowflake. Look at places like Databricks, and those are just some of the more the larger ones. There's no shortage of all these innovative new companies that are entering the space when it comes to AI. So you're going to continue to hear the side, the two sides. Now, if you're somebody that's at a company that's not doing as well, maybe a traditional SaaS company that doesn't have any AI, you may want to find some of these other companies because they're clearly going to be hiring. They're raising a ton of money. There's a lot of opportunities to be a niche player when it comes to these different components 
And there's just so much opportunity ahead. So it's super exciting. There's so much buzz and energy that is going on all throughout the Bay Area. And that is why people continue to come to the Bay Area from all over the world, because this is a huge wave that's happening. So once again, as a conclusion, if you're thinking about buying, selling, or investing in the Bay Area, leave it in the comments below. Send me a call or text. Let's go over a game plan so we can help you decide whether what are the best areas to look at. Is it suitable for you right now or if it's better for you to wait in a year? Give me a call or text 408-547-4590. I'll see you in the next one. Bye now.